oh god there are good people in the world like that that's a i i just have this feeling that tonight at the end of this episode that some number of millions of people are gonna say god like now that really gives me hope Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, I'll speak with Kelly Corrigan. Tell Me More with Kelly Corrigan is debuting on PBS stations around the country and a variety of streaming platforms. Corrigan is a best-selling author and memoirist who's also launching a new podcast called Kelly Corrigan Wonders. You picked a slow time to launch a new show. (laughs) (laughs) I know, there's hardly anything going on. Uh, no, I know. It's actually kind of excellent counter-programming in a way to the barrage of headlines and uh, that that I think people are really going to enjoy taking a minute to think on a different level, like a level of universal truths of things that you can count on, like what are our values, what direction are we pointing, what is there to be optimistic about. Um, so I, I think... Actually, in a very weird way, it could be perfect timing because personally, anyway, I am looking for some sort of solid ground to stand on and I feel pretty whiplashed by the news. So this has been for me like a great respite, a great place to focus on what are the, the biggest, most important things that we share, that we, keep, that we have in common um, and and what can we do with that information to move things forward a little bit? I think you're probably right about uh, the need for you know the American public to uh, take a break from from the uh, velocity of the news. Do you have any um, observations or advice about what we do share and where people are finding optimism these days? You know, it was really interesting with all three guests on Tell Me More. It was, it's Brian Stevenson, who's the civil rights lawyer, who was the subject of Just Mercy, that great film. With Incredible Brian, person. Incredible. And um, my kids are like uh, obsessed. My teenage girls are obsessed that I got to spend time with Brian Stevenson. He's like a Martin Luther King figure to that generation and to me. Um, and then also with Jennifer Garner and James Corden, like in all three cases, we talked a lot about who raised them and what their earliest influences were. We talked about Brian's grandmother and we talked about the day that uh, James Corden's father was called to Iraq. And we talked about Jennifer Garner's mom growing up like abjectly poor in Oklahoma. And it was such an interesting time to reflect on where it is that we get our original ideas about the world and our role in it. Like how, how are we supposed to participate in the world? Are we givers? Are we takers? Are we matchers? Um, So that I found super interesting as a a time to reflect on our sort of what grounds us. How will you keep the focus on that during such a divisive period in the country? Oh, it's actually really easy. I don't think any of these three people has any interest in um, separating us. I think all three of them were deeply, deeply interested in bringing people together, uh, reminding people what we have in common, uh, sort of speaking to our better angels. It was um, absolutely no no effort whatsoever to keep the conversation hopeful, optimistic, and energizing. 
I'm curious about um, what you'll bring to these interviews and these conversations, because uh, in your own work, you've liked to talk about uh, what you've learned about yourself through, you know, various struggles, uh, health issues over the years. Um, Do you reveal things about yourself in this series, too? You know, it's so interesting. When I first got asked to pitch for this job, which is like a job I always wanted, like 16 years ago, I was on the Today Show with my dad. And I remember flying home to California after and saying to my husband, you know whose job I want? I want Terry Gross's job. I want Charlie (laughs) Rose's job. And 16 years later, I'm sort of back to back, like doing it on TV and then doing it in this podcast. Um, Sarah Just, who runs the News Hour and who met with me to talk about the potential of this show a year ago in August, said, here's one thing about you. I want you to stay in the conversation. I don't want this to be a standard interview show where you ask like a five word question and then we don't hear from you for five minutes while your guest goes on and on. I want you to stay in the conversation. So I took her notes. And I did. And uh, you'll see that it's very back and forth. It's not um, it's not like a career highlights reel like you might see on Inside the Actor's Studio. You know, that's like a long form interview show. Uh, Even Dave Letterman's long form interview show, um, which is called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. Even that show is is a lot about um, going through the beats of a person's career. This is not about that. This is not. Um, digging deep into one person's life. It's sort of turning, both of us turning shoulder to shoulder, looking at the world together. A challenge in trying to do that type of interview uh, is that a lot of times when you're dealing with people who have a a public persona, you know, number one, they might have handlers around them who want to protect them from an honest conversation. But number two, they also might have things that they, you know, they keep private and things that they keep public and it's difficult to bridge the two. So how are you uh, navigating those waters in this show? Well, it sort of depends on who you pick. Like, you know, that's that's information that you can sort of get a sense of before you even invite someone to be on the show. So we had pretty decent leads that gave us a sense that Brian, Jen, and James would all go deep and that they would not put up terrific guardrails about anything in particular. And I will say, and this happens a lot on the podcast too, that in all three cases, they got choked up at a certain point and I got choked up at a certain point. Like it, we spent about three hours with each person and then we crunch it down to the best 60 minutes. And in each case, um, we forgot all about the cameras. Nobody came with handlers, not one of those three people. I mean, James Corden just drove on up and parked his car and got out. And James was really interesting. He talked about being a bigger guy, being a heavy guy and fat shaming and the kind of rejection that he'd experienced around that over the years and then kind of what he, what it's taught him, what he's learned from it. Uh, Jen Garner talked about her therapist and the, the woman who really guided her through her separation and divorce from Ben Affleck. She talked about what she's learned from Al-Anon, which uh, I thought was just such a generous gift to everybody watching because it's so easy for people to pretend like they've got it all sorted out. And she really, really resisted that portrait. She would not let me give her an ounce of credit. I mean, she's a tremendously humble person as it is, as are all three of them. As Brian is incredibly humble, uh, incredibly uh, about the work and not about himself. Um, 
but she just wouldn't let me put her on a pedestal. She kept saying, oh, no, 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 I'm terrible at that. Like, that's a really hard part for me. So everybody was had a really a generous spirit. Like it was very, it's very humanity forward. Like you're definitely going to feel like, um, Oh God, there are good people in the world. Like that, that's a, I, I just have this feeling that tonight at the end of this episode, that some number of millions of people are going to say, God, like now that really gives me hope. How were you able to, uh, launched the show and the podcast given the pandemic restrictions of COVID? Well, it only took 18 months <laughs> of <laughs> conversations and sizzle reels and decks and calls. And, uh, and then it, it, we were scheduled to go out in July and then COVID happened. And then it was my strong stuff. Like when COVID happened, I went down to the kitchen and said to my family, well, that's that. Like, there's just no way that we're going to get something off the ground right now. And then we talked about maybe doing it on Zoom, but it would just be so much less than any of us had hoped for or visualized to have it look like that. So eventually uh, protocols were released from the Screen Actors Guild uh, and other organizations and unions like that that said, look, you can do it, but this is exactly how it has to be. And it's a big checklist and everybody has tests and there's a lot of PPE involved and there's... um, you know, there's certain breaks that are required. And we have this incredible producer who ran it all through the powers that be. And we had a totally three totally safe shoots. Not one person had an ounce of trouble. That's good. How's your health uh, these days? Uh, it's great. I, I had cancer in my 30s, which is, I think, what you're referring to. But I have been uh, clean and healthy ever since. I mean, I have. I think I've gained like 16 pounds in COVID. So that's you and everyone else. <laughs> I know it's horrible. I, I can't stop rewarding myself for getting through another day with like a cookie or, you know, bar of chocolate. Who's on your uh, wish list for guests for your show? Dave Chappelle. We, we, we really went after him the first time around. Um, I, I would love to have any of the four Obamas. I, you know, I'm a writer by trade. So I would love, and I've interviewed Margaret Atwood three different times in three different settings. She's so interesting and more interesting than ever uh, for the culture that we're experiencing right now. She's really thought about how societies um, change. And so she would be spectacular. I think John Meacham would be really interesting right now. I think George W. Bush would be really interesting right now. I would always like to talk to Meryl Streep. Uh, I love Issa Rae. I love Ava DuVernay. Uh, so we have, a, we have a pretty long list. Like we hope to be back on the air with seven more in March or April. And um, so we have a list of 20 that we're going to go after. That's a pretty awesome list. Okay, let me... Um put you on the spot part of your show is doing a plus two uh with your guests uh who are your plus two separate from the list that you've just given us Mm -hmm. so plus twos are the 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 inspiration for that is uh, that i love going to rehearsal dinners and i love listening to people give toasts (laughs) and that's essentially what we're doing in these shows is that we're stopping and saying brian like tell us about two tell us about two people that you wish the whole world knew a whole lot more about And it sort of serves this fascinating function to push against the standard narrative that 
people are these lone achievers, you know, that they, they're on this private odyssey and they get everywhere by themselves. And that's not true. That's not, that's hardly ever the way it happens. Most people experience a lot of luck and grace and support along the way. And so we wanted to sort of reveal that to everybody. And I mean, one of my plus twos for sure would be my friend, Betsy Barnes, who very quietly volunteers all the time. And it, and she and her husband both uh, are putting themselves proximate, as Brian Stevenson would say, getting proximate to um, people at San Quentin, for instance, uh, people who are experiencing homelessness and people who are using food banks. And I, I just think it's super impressive when people actually volunteer regularly in a non-flashy way. So for sure, she would be one of my people. And then my dad is my other person. He's not alive anymore, but yeah. he's such an, he had such an interesting point of view, which was that um, all of life is personal and all people you meet might end up being a friend. Like he did not draw a big distinction between like a work meeting and a social outing. Like he, he cared about everybody. He, he you know, when he died, it uh, must've been a thousand people that reached out and said, God, your father. And I'd say, how'd you know him? And he said, oh, I worked at, I worked at Stainmaster Carpet and he sold me ad pages and good housekeeping for 10 years. And God, I just love that guy. When he came in to see me, it was just a better day. And I love that. I, I don't want us to be like put our humanity aside so that we can be in this kind of competitive, argumentative, winner take all zone. I want us to lead with our humanity. I want to know who your parents are. I want to know who your kids are. I want to know what worries you. I want to know what thrills you. I want to know what you're watching on TV and the last book you read. You know, like I want us to be people together. Last thing, do you think that's something uh, people can learn or do they have to naturally be that way? Oh, I think they can learn it. I mean, I think people need to be set free to, to do it. Like you're, you're allowed uh, to be a human being. You're allowed to walk in a room and, and ask questions and, and you're allowed to influence the conversation. You don't have to have things roll over you. You can, at any moment, you can like exert this micro agency to say, let me ask you a question. What are you guys binge watching? Or uh, is anybody, like, have you had anybody who's had COVID? Or what are you worried about? You know, like, we can ask each other those questions at any time. There's absolutely nothing stopping us. Well, the new show is called Tell Me More with Kelly Corrigan on PBS stations at 9 p.m. and a bunch of streaming platforms. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck with the show. And I can't wait to see um, if you're able to land all of those high profile guests. Good luck. Uh Thank you so much. All right. That does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm Ian Pickus. 